Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM Life Changing Radio, WJMM. So grateful that you tune in each and every day to this radio show. So grateful for our guests that were on last week, Sherry and Vance, and I hope you were blessed by their testimony. Uh, I'm going to be sharing with you uh, this week a couple of important messages. Uh, today's going to be part one of how do we respond to God's love and His finished work. Uh, and so I want to start off today's radio show by talking about what were some of the most memorable last words spoken by people. Let me give you a few examples. Russ Solomon, the music-loving visionary who built a global retailing empire and the most famous company in Sacramento history, Tower Records, died a few years ago. Actually died when I was living in California. He was 92 when he passed away. Solomon was watching the Academy Awards ceremony at his Sacramento home when he apparently had a heart attack. By the way, I was telling my wife this story, and she said, and I quote, if I had to watch the Academy Awards, it would have killed me too. Ironically, he was giving his opinion of what someone was wearing that he thought was ugly. And then he asked his wife, Patty, to refill his whiskey. And when she returned, he died. His last words were, that dress was ugly. Please give me some more whiskey. How sad is that? Frank Sinatra, his last words were, I'm losing it. Well, that's what happens when you do it your way, right? Johnny Ace, the rhythm and blues singer, died in 1954 while playing with a pistol during a break in his concert set. His last words were, I'll show you that it won't shoot. John Wayne, who passed away at 72, turned to his wife and said, Of course I know who you are. You're my girl. I love you. Isn't that sweet? Charles Gooseman was a writer and a TV announcer who wrote the pilot episode of Days of Our Lives. As he became ill, he said he wanted his last words to be, memorial, to be memorable. And when his daughter reminded him of this, he gently removed his ox oxygen mask and whispered, now for a final word from our sponsor. Wilson Misner is best known for his Bon Mott's witty, clever sayings, though he was a successful playwright. He's known for the line, be nice to people on the way up because you'll meet the same people on the way down. When Misner was on his deathbed, a priest said, I'm sure you want to talk to me. And Misner told the priest, why should I talk to you? I've been talking to your boss. I love that one. And according to Steve Jobs, uh, his sister Mona, the Apple's founder's last words were, oh, wow, oh, wow, and oh, wow. But out of all the famous people with famous last quotes, nothing compares to the fame and last public statements spoken by none other than Jesus Christ before he died on the cross. He actually made seven of them. But in his sixth statement, he yelled out this word, test. To telestai, it's a Greek word, which means it is finished or paid in full. Now, one could argue that to telestai is the greatest word spoken from the greatest man on one of the greatest days in history. John put it this way in chapter 19, verse 30. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished to telestai. And with that, he bowed his head. And gave up his spirit. See, the power of the cross solves our biggest problem. The power of the cross makes it possible for us to say three of the most important words we could ever declare, and that is, I am forgiven. 
If those three words don't liberate your life with unspeakable joy, passion, purpose, power, love, grace, and gratitude, then you might not know what the cross and forgiveness is all about. Then everything Jesus did for us on the cross is just going to be an intellectual acknowledgement instead of a life-transforming, eternal transaction that changes us and sets us free. But once you fully grasp what Jesus did for you, and then respond to it by believing, repenting, receiving, and surrendering your life and will to Jesus— the only three words you will ever say over and over again, all, all the time, anywhere, any place is, I'm forgiven. See, you can't be saved unless you're forgiven. Your sins can't be forgiven until you repent of your sins, turn from your sins, and turn to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins first, and then receive the gift of eternal life. I mean, we're entering the Christmas season. This is the Christmas message. It's not about gifts. It's not about presents. It's not about trees. It's not about it's not about anything else other than that Jesus came to save us from our sins. Jesus came to save us from our sins. But I need to tell you today that without genuine repentance, there is no genuine salvation, but a man-made false hope of salvation through works and deception. See, the cross was never meant to be just a fashionable piece of jewelry to wear, but an invitation to respond to what he has done and live the life Jesus died for. We honor and revere the cross because it represents not only what Jesus accomplished and finished, but it revealed God's great plan of forgiveness, declaring to the cosmos that a major victory was won for me and you. I mean, the best plan Satan had to keep us from salvation was totally destroyed. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in Colossians 2. He said, he wrote, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. He went a step further. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Friends, that's what our lives are supposed to represent. To tell us die comes from the verb teleo, which means to bring to an end, to complete, to accomplish. It's a crucial word because it signifies the successful end to a particular course of action. The word means more than I just survived. It means I did exactly what I set out to do. But there's more to the verb itself. To Telestai is in what we call the perfect tense in Greek. That's significant because the perfect tense speaks of an action which has been completed in the past with results continuing in the present. It's different from the past tense, which looks back in it at an event and says, well, this happened. The perfect tense adds the idea and the fact that this happened and it's still in effect today. So when Jesus cried out, it is finished, to die, he meant it is finished in the past, it is finished in the present, and it will remain finished in the future. Note one other fact. He did not say, he didn't say, I am finished. Rather, he cried out, it is finished, meaning I successfully completed the work that I came to do, leaving no unfinished work behind. See, when God forgave you of all your sins, that also included your shame and your guilt, so you can be free, and when you get that into your spirit, friends, it changes everything. The finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross also crucified your old self and, watch this, your capacity to sin. 
Paul puts it this way in Romans, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. And when we receive Jesus Christ, we die to ourselves, and we're resurrected, born-again believers with a new nature, with a new power that has the ability to walk away from sin in our lives. See, the evidence that you trust in the finished work of Christ on the cross is that you have had an encounter at the cross, and you died and were crucified as well. You crucified your past, your old nature. You crucified your mind, your sins, your shame, your guilt, your pain, your strongholds, your old identity, your old life on the cross, and you believe by faith that all of those things were nailed and buried, and the only thing that came back to life is the life of Christ in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, if you're listening to the Encounter Radio Show, the key to walking free is trusting in the finished work of Christ for your salvation and for the forgiveness of your sins. See, you either trust in the finished work of Christ or you trust in yourself. And whatever you don't trust, you're going to try and accomplish in your own strength and fail every time. And you're either trusting in the finished work of Christ or you're trusting in yourself. We like to call it playing God here at Encounter. But Galatians 2.20 gives us a great mission statement for you and I and anyone listening, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, Easter for me doesn't come just once a year. Every day is Easter for me. And Christmas is the season that makes me reflect, believe it or not, on Easter. Because there's a reason why there's a Christmas. So, so that one day we would experience the blessing and the miracle of Easter. Not, and, and so I celebrate that, not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus did when I didn't want anything to do with him, like it says in Romans 5. When you see just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. For the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates, notice that's in the perfect tense in Greek again, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. See, that's why we don't get our stuff together before we come to Christ. We come to Christ and he puts us back together. And when you look at that scripture, there's only one conclusion that you can come up with, and that's that God forgave you when you didn't deserve it. Nothing you can do can earn God's forgiveness. It was God's goodness that he became a man and died on the cross because it was his mission to forgive you and to forgive me. It was the whole mission of, of God through Jesus Christ to forgive. Jesus himself said in John three sixteen and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him, the world might be saved. It was God's mission 
that whosoever will, irrespective of background, or what they have done, or the depth or, or depravity of their sins, that anyone who would come to him, that he would forgive them. You see, the story of God and man could be easily summed up as follows. God is love, and his love is pure, and it's holy. And God made us in his image. Adam and Eve sinned, and it ruined everything. And we inherited that sin and live in a broken world. And because God is holy, he cannot be in the presence of sin. Therefore, sin separated us from our loving Father in heaven and gave us a death sentence that declares us guilty. We were incapable of fixing our sin problem and separation from God. Separation from those you love the most will make you do outrageous and radical things. Our Father did just that. He came up with the greatest plan ever. A plan that would restore our relationship with our Father in heaven and bridge the gap back to Him. A plan that would forgive anyone for all their sins so they can have a permanent residence in heaven for eternity. A plan that is free to us but cost God everything as He sacrificed His one and only Son for the payment of our sins. A plan plan that solved our sin problem when God's Son, Jesus Christ, took our sins, became our sins, died for our sins, and defeated our sins on the cross from the grave. He did that for us. He did that for you. And I want to ask you today, what is your response to this outrageous act of unprecedented love? Well, the Bible poses this question in 2 Corinthians 13. Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. I want you to tune in tomorrow to the Encounter radio program and podcast. And we're going to examine ourselves and we're going to talk about what it means to really know that we know that we're a follower of Jesus Christ and that when we die, we know that we have a place in heaven. Thank you for tuning in to the Encounter radio show.